1: Hello, Giants fans, and welcome to your Monday edition of the Valentine's News podcast here on Big Blue View Radio. I'm your host, Ed Valentine of Big Blue View. And as we head into the third week of Giants training camp and uh, get ready for the first preseason game, which will be Thursday night against the the New England Patriots, thought we would talk about uh, some risers and fallers, guys that that have have really impressed so far in camp and and maybe some guys who really need to step it up a little bit you know in these preseason games and and here to help me uh, discuss some of those guys is patricia Traina, good friend from giants country and locked on giants podcast how you doing patty
2: i'm doing great i'm trying to stay cool it's been brutal outside lately
1: Yes, and how's my raincoat doing, by the way? I left my raincoat at, uh, at MetLife on on uh, Friday night at the Fan Fest, and, and I know Patty's got it, so hopefully
2: it's being taken good care of. I'm actually holding that over you. If you're nice to me, you will get the raincoat back in one piece. If you're mean to me, you might get it back a sleeve at a time.
1: <laughs> oh a, a sleeve at a time huh? oh my goodness all right hey, I'm I,
2: Italian dude uh, all right
1: all right I'm 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 on my best behavior I promise <laughs> I'm, I'm trying anyway okay all right Patty we've got uh as you know two weeks of training camp in the book basically already seems like it's 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 flying by it's amazing seems like it just started a, a, a couple of days ago. But we are already pretty much in preseason mode in uh, you know Thursday, and that'll be the first preseason game. This is really kind of a time, I think, when you really start to look at the roster and start to to kind of figure out, OK, this is where some of the competitions really are. These are some of the guys who might really be in trouble. You know, at least it starts to crystallize a little bit. So let's talk about risers and fallers, guys that have been really impressive so far in camp, that have maybe been better than than we thought. And some guys who might be in a little bit of trouble and who might really need these preseason games to uh to make a mark. So let's let's go to the offensive side of the ball, Patty. And and for you, talk about some of the players that have really impressed you so far that you think maybe have been better than you thought they would be.
2: I'm going to start in the offensive backfield at running back, where we know Saquon Barkley is going to be RB1. You know Matt Breida is going to be RB2. But we weren't quite sure who RB3 was going to be. Was it going to be Gary Brightwell? Was it going to be Sandro Plotzkumer? Was it going to be Jashon? Corbin, you know what Ed? I've liked what I've seen from just Sean Corbin. Um, he has run hard. Um, he was part of the uh, live tackling period the other night at the fan fest. Um, the kid just has some explosiveness to him. Now I don't know that there will be a whole lot of reps for him once, you know, they were to get into the regular season or, or assuming he makes the roster. But I like what I've seen from him because remember, Barkley is not signed beyond this year. Brita is not signed beyond this year. Um, they've got to come up with a, some, some answer, some kind of stability, if you will, at running back, can Corbin be that guy so far? I'd like what I've seen, but I've got to see more in the games. Obviously, I think you look at offensive line, which is a big topic, always, um, coming in. Let's be honest. Did, we, did anybody expect, uh, Joshua Izudu to do as much as he has done. You know the the thought was okay. Maybe he'll be the interior. He'll play backup guard, or and that'll be the end of it. He has come out and been like the number one guy off the uh, off the bench, and he's looked fairly good. I and mean, he's he got played first-
1: as we've seen a couple of these injuries: Matt Gino going yep. down with it, with what we heard is a career threatening neck issue, mm-hmm. and Marcus McKechnie, you know, the rookie guard out for the year with with the torn mm-hmm. ACL. What we've seen from Joshua Izudu is a four position player
2: right David he's,
1: he's played everywhere on that line except for center and and I wouldn't doubt if the kid could eventually play center. I don't I mean who knows but but we see a guy who is at least a four position player and probably. Mm-hmm you know, if anybody gets hurt, he's the first guy off the bench, even exactly. if they have to shuffle another position. But, but that's, that's a big, even though he may not be a starter week one, he's, I look at the kid and I keep thinking he, his importance to this team grows every time there's an injury.
2: Yeah. A young David deal. If you think about it, David deal could play any position on the offensive line back in the day. That's what they have in the, in, in, in Zudu, or what it looks like they have in a Zudu. So, you, you know, you say to yourself, okay, now does that put maybe Ben Bredesen in danger of losing a roster spot? Does it maybe put one of Jameel Douglas and Max Garcia in danger of losing a roster spot? So, you know, you, you just, those two guys for sure um, are risers, I would say. Um, if you're talking fallers, um, you, you might say Gary Brightwell, he hasn't had a whole lot of opportunities uh, to run the ball. Uh, You can definitely say Darius Slayton who hasn't even worked with the first team offense. And I can't tell you how long. Um, So those two guys come to mind and, and uh, you know, the the preseason games will tell us a lot more, but uh, those are the guys that, you know, based on how the reps have been distributed on offense that I would say are the risers and the fallers.
1: Right. I don't necessarily look at, you know, another guy in the wide receiver group is Richie James, but we've, kind of been on richie james since the spring so i don't really consider him a riser because i think he was he was already there he was already in Mm -hmm. that mix and for me he was a guy who was going to have to get knocked off the roster entering training camp so i don't look at him as as a riser you know colin johnson's another one who's been pretty good lately So you C.J. know he's Board, a, CJ Ward, who's, who's Board. really not a riser,
2: but you know, because he was there last year, but but
1: they're they're in position to make this roster. Before we move off the offense, though, there is to me a really interesting competition developing between two undrafted players on offense, Jeremiah Hall and Andre Miller. Mm. And you know, Jeremiah Hall is a hybrid. Tight, tight end slash fullback. And Andre Miller is a kid out of Maine who's a converted wide receiver. And what is really, really interesting that we've seen over the last week, both of these kids are getting some first team reps. And the way that they're getting these first team reps is they're getting them playing fullback yes really really interesting I would think Hall would have an advantage in that in that quote-unquote competition because he's played two years of as a true fullback and, and Miller has never done that but Miller did catch a touchdown pass out of the fullback slot the other day and, and he's getting equal reps to Hall so just you know maybe a couple of a couple of thoughts on, on those two kids and how they're being used
2: yeah, I mean, you look at the offenses that uh, Brian Dable came from in Buffalo, Mike Kafka came from out in Kansas City. The fullback has to be versatile. We're, we're not talking your grandfather's fullback, where you just have a big, burly lead blocker, and that's really his main role. You have a guy who, yes, he's going to do some blocking for you, but he's also going to serve as, as a receiver option. He's going to serve maybe carry the ball a couple times. So you're basically getting a, a, a hybrid almost. And, you, you know, that's one of the reasons why I think the Giants moved on from Eli Penny, who wasn't a horrible fullback, but he was kind of limited in some of the things that that he was able to bring to the table and maybe just deemed not a fit for what Dable and Kafka want to do in this offense. But Hall has definitely been somebody I've been keeping my eye on. I am intrigued by Miller. I, I think, you know, he is making the conversion from receiver to tight end. And it's not something that, you know, I think can happen overnight. I wonder if he's maybe more of a practice squatter at this point. But, you know, listen, you've got plenty of time yet. He could still step up and, and show that he's the better player. But uh, Hall's the guy. I think if you were to ask me to put my 53 man roster together at this moment, I probably would put Hall on the roster and I would put Miller on the practice squad.
1: I think I agree with you, Patty. It's just it's just interesting to me to see both of those guys as the Giants have gotten into pads and have done more running. It's been interesting to me to see those two guys lining up at fullback. And and the other thing, tell me if you have seen the same thing as much as we saw in in shorts and t-shirts and in the acclamation period and in heavy passing practices. We've seen so much motion and and formations and guys lined up in in places that you wouldn't expect. But you know what we've seen in these running in these run heavy practices is a a lot of fairly traditional run game.
2: Yeah. With the quarterback under under center. I mean, Mm -hmm. we haven't seen as much uh, shotgun. We've seen more of that, you know, with the pre-stamp motion. But, you know, look, it's a mix. It's Mm -hmm. a mix of what Buffalo has done, what Kansas City has done, and it's tailored to what the Giants have. You know, you can't have the quarterback constantly operating in the shotgun. It just, you got to mix it up. Um, I like some of the design runs that they've had. You know, they've been sending Saquon Barkley outside, off tackle. Um, You know, they haven't sent him a whole lot up the gut, which has always been a problem for him because, I don't know, for whatever reason, he hasn't always – been able to successfully move the pile. Part of that's the run blocking. Don't get me wrong, but you know, Barkley is better when you get him out into space. And I just like how this staff. You know, we hear coaches say all the time, "We've got to put the players in the best position to succeed." And then you go and you watch the practice or the games, and and you sit there and you say, "Why is the coach asking Saquon Barkley to run up the gut when when he's better getting him in space? Or why is he asking him to you know this player to do this?" This staff is is backing up its words with action. They are putting the players in the best position. They are seeking the feedback from the players. You know, Saquon, what do you like to do? Daniel, what do you like to do? Okay, you don't like this route? We're going to throw it out of the playbook. That's what it's all about. It's ownership. It's giving the players a sense of ownership. And when they have that ownership, guess what? They're going to embrace the system. They're going to work harder in the system. It's just something psychological, and usually, it's going to lead to success. Yeah, and, and you know, bef-
1: I just had one more thought before we before we move to defense. And you're talking about players taking ownership and and, and building the offense around what players can do, and and I haven't necessarily considered. This particular player, a riser throughout training camp, but let me just say this: Are you as intrigued as I am and by Kadarius Tony, and just how happy he's been through camp? I mean, throwing balls with fans on the sideline the other day, and every time you see the guy, he's got a smile on his face and and he just looks like he's enjoying himself, and 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 I think uh, and he's been practicing, you know, pretty much every day. Yeah, he's had a couple days where they've held him back and kept him out of team drills, but but he's you know he 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 just seems like a much happier, much different person this year than he was a year ago.
2: You know what his enthusiasm and his demeanor? You know who it reminds me of? And I want to stress, I'm talking demeanor. I'm not talking talent or skill set. He reminds me of David Patton back in the day. I don't know if you remember David when he was with the Giants. Mm -hmm. David Patton always had a smile on his face, was just so thankful. And just he sought to have fun every day. And he made the most of his opportunities. Kadarius Tony, I look at him and you're right. He's smiling. You see him at the podium. He's more relaxed. Um, He's this is an offense that just feeds into what he does. Well, him and Wondell Robinson, uh, who who we need to talk about as well. And just, you know, what a difference it makes, because, look, when you're asked to do something and, you know, it's not the best use of your talents. You're going to try, obviously, because, you know, you're a competitor. You want you don't want to let your teammates down and whatnot. But then when things don't work out and people start coming at you and saying, oh, he's a bum, they should have never drafted him. You can't, you know, these players are, are kind of taught, don't defend yourself, just let it roll off your back. But you got to imagine that, it's, that it bothers them. You know, they're human. It has to bother them. Mm-hmm. You could see Kadarius Tony's just having fun. And that's what it all boils down to. I mean, what, regardless of whatever, what your job is, if you're not having fun in it, It's time to think about getting a different job.
1: Absolutely, Patty. Absolutely.
0: Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels. But now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in.
1: All right, let's uh, let's talk about risers and fallers on the defensive side of the ball. Patty um, guy for me, I'll just throw I'll just throw a name out that really uh, the last couple of times that I've been at practice was at the Fan Fest. Just he keeps flashing and making plays and uh it, and I'm like, how are the giants going to find a way to get this guy in the field? Occasionally uh, is a rookie linebacker. Darian beavers keeps making plays. You stole plays. my guy. You stole my
2: guy well,
1: well, I, I wanted to ask you be, just, you know, your thoughts on beavers because yeah. I, I keep, I keep being asked, Patty, I keep being asked, you know, about Micah McFadden, the linebacker that was drafted in the fifth round and, I keep saying, you know, Micah McFadden to my eyes has done nothing wrong. Yeah, it's just that if you want to compare apples to apples, two in two rookie inside linebackers, Darian Beavers is the one who keeps showing up and making plays.
2: Absolutely agree with you, a hundred percent. He is a legitimate thumper. Um, you know, you've seen a, a little bit in coverage, but you know, we talked about it. I think on my show before where we said there's going to be, you know, we're probably not going to see two linebackers inside linebackers on the field, a whole lot in this defense. There will be times obviously, but it's interesting because I would not be surprised if Darian Beavers, given how he's been playing, maybe he, you know, supplants take Crowder as the second inside linebacker and take Crowder, you know, I didn't think he was horrible. Um, but beavers has just he's shown up and you're right he, he packs a punch packs a wallop and you know it, i i keep looking at, at my uh my roster sheet because i keep thinking oh he's the fifth rounder and, and, and mcfadden is the fourth you know i keep, I keep yeah. you know mixing the order up there and i'm like oh yeah. no wait a minute beavers is the sixth rounder and mcfadden was the fourth rounder you know so yeah,
1: and he uh, and he keeps even in coverage i've seen him make a few plays and i keep going wait a minute yeah, he's not supposed to be able to cover.
2: Yeah, <laughs> you know he he has brought it. I mm-hmm. I have liked his game. Absolutely, he's a riser. I think he's probably he got to be the number one riser amongst the young guys on on the defensive side of the ball.
1: Anybody else that uh, that really leaps to mind? You know, on the defensive side of the ball, that's that's really jumped up and impressed you so far, Patty.
2: Well, I think we could throw Ellerson Smith in there. I mean, Ellerson Smith last year missed most of the season with injuries. And you got to remember the year before that, um, his college program got canceled. So he, he got off to a real slow start through no fault of his own, but he has really made up for lost time. And, and, uh, he's gotten some first team reps with Aziz Ojo Larry, you know, on the shelf right now with a, a hamstring strain. So he has been, a, been a, a riser in my opinion, this kid, Darren Evans has made a few plays, uh, at cornerback and, um, you know, you, you wonder if he, maybe there's going to be a spot for him. And, oh, can we talk about Yusef Corker, the safety? Mm-hmm. He's shown up and he's made some plays. So, you know, the, the defensive secondary, I think, in particular, was probably a big question mark for a lot of people. You know, they got rid of Logan Ryan. They lost James Bradbury because they had to cut him for salary cap purposes. And everybody's like, oh, my God. Oh, and let's not forget Jabril Peppers, too. And everybody's like, oh, my God, what are they going to do in the secondary? they've had some guys step up.
1: Yeah, I still think that I have questions as you said Darren Evans made a nice play the other night in the fan fest, you know, batting, you know, batting away a pass in the end zone that 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 landed in uh, in Yusef Corker's hands. You know, he he's made some plays. Cordell Flott I think has been used some inside and some outside during camp. So I'm not really sure you know what the Giants plan with him is maybe they're prepping him in both places to see if uh to see where he might be needed eventually but I still have questions about the the depth behind you know Adori Jackson Aaron Robinson and uh and Darnay Holmes I don't I think those three are fine yeah but but it's I have fair. questions about that depth
2: no that's that's absolutely fair I mean you know Evan's Quite honestly, the last maybe two or three practices, I've started to notice him. Um, so I'm not ready to, to, to put him on the 53-man roster yet, but, but you're absolutely right. There is, that's going to sort itself out because so, there are some questions still about what's behind you know the three guys that you, you or actually got throw in Cordell Flott because you, you figure he's going to make the roster. What's behind those guys? And how many are they going to keep? Are they going to keep five corners? Are they going to go with six? You know How are they going to work it? That's what we need to to see, because, you know, with a new coaching staff, ideally, I think they want to have certain numbers at every position. But injuries also dictate because sometimes you have to steal from one spot to accommodate another spot that's banged up.
1: All right. And Patty, you know, when I think about the defense and I think about the preseason games coming up, I can't necessarily look at anyone on the defensive side and say well he's a faller he's had a terrible camp he's you know he's he's just playing himself off the roster but there are probably some guys who who need these preseason games who need to show up uh can you think of can you think of a couple guys who you know who in your mind you know need to show up and and make some plays, you know, once we get to Thursday night, once we get to to the second and third preseason games.
2: Yeah, on defense, you got to start with Quincy roche who seems to have been buried on the depth chart. He's fallen behind um O'Shane Zimenez, Ellerson Smith. I mean, Quincy Roche last year wasn't bad for the Giants. Is he full-time starter material? I don't know that I would put him in that category, but you know Suddenly the Giants have an abundance, it seems, of a pass rushers, which is a good problem to have. But roche needs to kind of step up and put some stuff on tape because who knows, maybe, just maybe the Giants, you know, if he, if he puts stuff on tape, maybe the Giants can trade him and get a, you know, some extra draft picks, you know, or mm-hmm. be it a day three pick. Um, so he's one guy. Darius Slayton is another guy who is dropping, you know, his stock is dropping faster than a lead balloon. Um, Richie James, we talked about, I think we talked about it before. Richie James, Colin Johnson, CJ Board, all getting first team reps or or second team reps. We haven't seen that with Darius Slayton. (coughs) Excuse me. Um, So he's, so Slayton's a guy who kind of needs to step up. And one other guy I might say is, is Gary Brightwell. You know, he made the roster last year for special teams Mm -hmm. didn't really contribute a whole lot on offense well now he's going up against um they've got this kid Jashawn corbin who has looked pretty good running the ball and you know we'll see if corbin what he can do on special teams but uh that's a competition to keep an eye on as well you know there there are other spots too that i guess you can you can point to but those are the main ones i would say uh, um that we want to keep an eye on this starting this thursday
1: And, you know, speaking of Thursday, last thing really that that we'll talk about, I just want to throw this out. Are you as happy as I am that Brian Daybowl said that, you know, everyone who is healthy and available is going to play at least some snaps on Thursday night against New England?
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. What, you know, listen, I like Joe Judge. But I have to confess some of the things and some of his, his thought processes the last couple of years, I just don't understand them. And it's, it's like saying, you know, you're putting on a play production and you're like, okay, well, you know what? I rehearsed my stars to, you know, so hard. So come performance night, I'm going to put out the understudies because my stars work so hard during the week. That's not how this kind of works. You know, it's, it's, I know performance is is different, but it's, if you go, that's why you practice. And and I think what Joe is maybe trying to do is keep these guys healthy. Maybe there was a concern that, oh, if I put them out there, you know, I'm risking them getting injured and let's, but there's
1: also, there's also a difference between how you handle a team with established stars, a team with a pedigree right? A team that. That you know knows how to win and has an established system. And the Giants, even in Joe's second year, they were six and ten in their first. Yeah. In his first year, they weren't a good football team. They still had a quarterback and an offensive line with questions and and it, and and I thought that not playing them in week one of the preseason was was treating them like something that they
2: weren't. I thought it was, it was an error in judgment. I mean, we didn't see them really until the third and final preseason game, Mm -hmm. which at that point, you know, that was like, and they, if I remember correctly last year, they played like it was like, like they were playing in the first preseason game. It wasn't very sharp. And then they go into the regular season and guess what? They look unprepared and off, you know, off balance. And I'm like, I couldn't understand why you know other again the only logical conclusion or reason i could come up with is that he didn't want to risk them getting hurt and that goes back to the whole did he coach scared or too conservatively argument that i think a lot of people can point to
1: right you know it's interesting because if you remember you know a week week and a half before the season started kenny galladay stepped up to the podium and galladay was talking about you know I haven't practiced much. Kadarius Tony hasn't practiced much. Saquon Barkley hasn't practiced much. It's going to be a slow start to the season. It's going to take us a while. And I'll be honest with you. Nobody wanted to hear it. Nobody was right though. Nobody wanted. No, you know, but he was absolutely right. He was a hundred percent honest. He was absolutely right. And you know we we talk about joe judge used to talk about he used to use the word riding the roller coaster of guys have a great day and then guys have a bad day you know you know today he stinks tomorrow he's a hero whatever but and and, and i kind of like that analogy when you talk about you know guys up and down and having an uneven training camp and you know guys having a bad day here and then a good day the next day but for me Here's the most important thing, Patty. Daniel Jones has practiced every day. Mm -hmm. Saquon Barkley has practiced every day. Kenny Galladay, Kadarius Toney, Daniel Bellinger have practiced every day. Andrew Thomas, who came off that ankle surgery, has practiced every day. The only you know, you've got a couple of injuries here and there. Most of the defensive guys, Leonard Williams, has practiced every day. So has Dexter Lawrence. Blake Martinez coming back from his ACL is practicing on a limited basis. But these guys are out there getting reps every single day. And for me, whether it's perfect or not on a given day, the best thing is that they're out there doing the work that's needed to get ready for the season.
2: Yeah. And you need to, you know, Dable spoke about, um, you know, conditioning. Well, how are you supposed to build up your conditioning if you're, you know, if you practice one day and then you sit for two days, you know, it's like a stop-start thing. You have to be consistent. You have to build it up. And, you know, the thing I like about Dable is even if there's a guy who's, you know, not 100%, he puts them out there with the blessing of the medical staff and they have the guy do what he can and what he can't do, he doesn't do. But that's important because, You know, some coaches will just put a guy on the shelf and say, "Okay, you know what? It's the preseason. We don't need you for another month yet. So you heal up and we'll we'll see you in a month. Well, in the meantime, that guy develops rust. You know, there's there's an element of there's something to be said for, you know, timing and and, you know, just repetition. And you lose those reps. And, you know, Mm -hmm. drives me crazy when players and coaches say, well, he's getting mental reps. Big whoop. You and I can get mental reps watching stuff, and that doesn't mean we're gonna be able to go out there and play, you know?
1: <laughs> no, no, I I th- I think those days are gone, Patty. Those days are definitely
2: <laughs> those gone. days never existed for me, but
1: the they're they're pretty much uh they when it comes to when it comes to football, those days ended in eighth grade for me. So <laughs> but uh but yeah, you know, even if even if all they can do is go out there and do individuals is go out there and And catch a few passes you know go out there if you're a lineman and and go through some of the individual blocking drills or whatever if that's that's better than riding the bike and watching
2: exactly mental reps i I, i'm sorry that's got to be the most over one of the most overused terms in in football because Mm -hmm. yes there's something to be said about sitting in the classroom and seeing things but Football is a game where you not only have to see it, you have to go out and do it. They they go hand in hand. So don't tell me, oh, I'm going to be fine because I'm getting mental reps. I don't buy it. I'm sorry.
1: No, you, you have to, you have to, in some form, you have to practice football to be ready to play football. Exactly. All right, Patricia, we have a game coming up on Thursday night. We have a couple more Giants practices coming up this week. You know, I'll be out at the facility at least one day. I know you'll be out there at least one day, and I know you guys will be uh, you guys will be covering uh, covering you know practices from from every angle, angle you can think of, as will I. So, uh, so I'll see you. I'll see you out there on Monday morning. And uh, Giants fans, as always, we thank you for uh, f- for listening. And uh, please remember to, uh, to subscribe to Big Blue View Radio wherever you listen to podcasts. So uh, stay safe out there, take care of each other, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.
0: More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to do list starts.